and um, but it it says, uh, now then, take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. I mean that that's just if you want to hang that in your house, in your man cave or something that that's just or woman's cave, whatever it is that that's the verse for you. Another one just for free if if you're looking for another one um, that kind of covers all hunting is Acts 10:13. Anybody remember in Acts 10 what the situation was? Uh, yes, and um, there's the vision. And um, and what uh, the, the net came down, the sheet came down with all the animals. And and the in verse 13, it was rise, kill, and eat. So if you're a hunter, that's a good verse uh, for you uh, there on that one. So enough on that. Let's go to uh, Genesis 25. And last time I, I taught, I started with a teaser on. Uh, how many sons did Abraham have? And I never closed it out. We ran out of time, and I was like, oh, wow, I need to pick that back up. So in Genesis 25, verses 1, and, 1 through 6, you see that after um, Sarah died, um, and, of course, um, you had Isaac uh, born, Abraham remarried. And there was a second, uh, in verse 1, Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah, um, and she bore him. Now remember, Abraham's pretty old, uh, but she bore him Zimram, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Um, so uh, had um, those six um, more sons there. But in verse Five, it tells us that Abraham gave all he had to Isaac. Remember, all the promises are coming through Isaac. And Abraham ended up giving all he had uh, to Isaac. And then we see in verse 6, But to the sons of the concubines, of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts. And while he was still living, he sent them away from his son Isaac eastward to the east country. Um, and so... Uh, remember, eastward is more desert, uh, basically, um, and it's later where the Moabites and all them uh, dwelt, um, kind of in that general direction. Uh, but just just food for thought, I'd forgotten that that Abraham ended up having, you know, remarrying after uh, Sarah died, and he had six uh, more sons uh, there. Now, I'm saying that. I'm wanting to bring in just a few thoughts that brings us to today's lessons. lesson. Look at verse uh, 23 of chapter 25. And Jim mentioned this last week. Um, this is uh, talking about uh, Rebecca. And um, she went a long time without conceiving. And similar to Sarah, um, but when she was pregnant, um, these two were um, fighting inside of her, even in the womb, uh, basically. And, and so these two brothers fought from the time, you know, they were in the womb till, till later. And that, that's going to be important today when we look at our, our lesson. But 
Verse 23, it says, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. And so um, we have one stronger than the other. That's um, Esau stronger than Jacob, but Jacob, um, Esau ended up uh, serving. Um, Esau ended up serving Jacob, and so uh, we see that. Um, then, if you go to 20, chapter twenty-six, we're going to pick up a few of these just here and there. And the reason why I'm doing this is not to rehash what Jim taught, but to bring us to our lesson uh, today in twenty-six. 34 and 35, we see when Esau was 40 years old, he took Judith, the daughter of Beeri, uh, the Hittite, to be his wife, and Basemath, the daughter of Elon, uh, the Hittite. And notice verse 35, and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. So remember the two daughters-in-laws, um, they had different customs, different ways of doing things, and whether it's their personalities or those differences, they made life bitter for Isaac and uh, Rebecca. Um, and so that um, helped fuel some of these tensions and, and those kind of things. Also, if you go, uh, that's at the end of chapter 26. If you go to the end of chapter 27... Look at verses 43 through 46. So then you have um, Rebecca. Um, she's going to send away um, Jacob to basically go back to her kinfolk to find um, a wife. And so we find in verse 43, Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban my brother in Haran, and stay with him for a while until your brother's fury turns away. Now we're going to see today how long he stayed. Uh, anybody remember right offhand? 20 years. 20 years he stayed. Um, so we'll see if his brother's fury uh turns away, um, verse 45, until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets what you have done to him, then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be, uh, be bereft of you both in one day? Then Rebecca, Rebecca said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? So here, she's already told Jacob, okay, go leave. But then she goes to Isaac and tells her husband basically the, the story of it and says, I, you know, I, basically I can't stand my daughters-in-laws. And if Jacob ends up marrying one of them, then... What's my life going to be? What good will my life be to me? Is what she says. So that's the backstory there of, of what happens. And so what does Jacob, uh, I mean, pardon me, what does Isaac do? In 1 28, this is the part Jim covered last week, he calls them in and he gives them a second blessing. Remember, 
they had already gotten the birthright. Then he got the father's blessing. This is a second blessing, uh, which is interesting because Esau came in right after that first blessing and said, hey, don't, don't you have a blessing left uh, for me? Um, and But notice uh, verses 3 and 4, chapter 28. God Almighty bless you and make you full, uh, fruitful and multiply you that they may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. So he basically passes on this concept and it's important for us to remember that this is the blessing that was given to Abraham way back when. It was passed on to Isaac and now it's passed on uh, to Jacob. And so uh, that that's... Um, where we have uh, that. Now, notice verses 14 and 15 of 28. So, here we have God coming to him in the vision, sleeping on the rock, um, and God is confirming this. Notice 14 and 15. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south, and in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Now, if you're looking for an encouraging verse, uh, highlight verse 15. If you ever feel down in the dumps and you wonder if you matter, if you're, um, if God even knows you exist, uh, all throughout the Bible, um, particularly in the Old Testament, Joshua's full of it, uh, where God repeats to his people, I am with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. But there's this concept in verse 15, for I will not leave you. Until I have done what I have promised you. God doesn't break his promises. And where that's important for us to realize is he's made promises uh, to us. Matter of fact, this promise is also to us. Notice verses 14 and 15, a couple of key points. He said, your offspring's going to be many. Number two, through you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And number three, I'm with you and will not leave you. Now, <clears throat> the Jews, you know, they trace their heritage back to Abraham. They really hang on to that. But remember the promise that was to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is not just to the Jews. Through him will all the families of the earth be blessed. All nations of the earth be blessed. So that speaks to us. Now we don't see that fulfilled till Cornelius uh, later uh, back. We don't see that uh, come to play and, and by that time the Jews are real resentful that the Gentiles are being converted and that sort of thing in the New Testament. But remember this blessing that way back to Isaac um, it, it says that we can be part of God's family, that we're going to be blessed. And so we can't just leave um, the Old, Old Testament and leave Genesis without realizing, you know, the theme of the Bible and, 
and Neil and Hiram have been hammering this home uh, this this year. And um, the theme of the Bible is Jesus, and we see that here. We see that uh, through these verses, and, and we need to keep that in mind. Now, just I, I put down for you Hebrews thirteen five. This is uh, for free too. Um, so Hebrews thirteen. Remember, Hebrews 11 is the Hall of Fame of Faith. And then we see Hebrews 12, um, to look to Jesus, lay aside every weight, look to Jesus. And we, we see how Jesus is important. But notice um, Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your life free from love of money and be content for what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Sometimes uh, we've all had money issues. We've all had worries. It's interesting that the same concept that God is telling Isaac out there when he's sleeping on a rock that I'm not going to leave you or forsake you is told to us in the New Testament in connection with money and being content. Uh, the bottom line is this concept of God saying, I'm not going to forget about you. That's all through uh, the Bible. One last thing before we get to our, uh, uh, into the meat of what we're talking about today. Remember throughout the Bible, one of the themes as mentioned over and over is this concept of God, uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, in Jacob, remember uh, in Exodus, um, and Neil's been doing, uh, and his Lehman Learner on the emails, been walking us through Exodus the last few weeks. Remember, God saw the affliction of His people, and and He remember it. And uh, in Exodus chapter two, um, we find where God speaks to Moses in the burning uh, bush. And when he speaks to him, he tells him that he, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, that's significant, and we've heard lessons on that. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were long dead. But he said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Basically, he was indicating there was life after death, and he was still the God of them. Well, that concept of God, the, uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is throughout the Bible. And it doesn't, sometimes we look at it as, okay, this was the God that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob worshipped, and they followed, and they listened to, and he appeared to them, uh, or he spoke to them. Uh, but that is more than that. This is as much in a messianic uh, prophecy that he is the God of them because these blessings were going to come uh, through them and these eternal blessings. Now, just real quick, Matthew 1, when the New Testament starts, Matthew 1 is, is what? What's, what's in Matthew 1? Genealogy of Jesus. Well, look at verses 1 and 2. What does it start off by saying? Some, somebody read Matthew 1, 1 and 2 for us. Jesus Christ, the son of David, his brother, 
Okay, so all this is just repeating the genealogy of Jesus and where did it start? Started with Abraham, Isaac, um, Jacob, and and then we have Judah, and we'll see that uh, today. Also in Matthew 22, um, Jesus is studying with the Sadducees. And remember, Sadducees didn't believe in what? Resurrection. So one last uh, part here. In Matthew 22, verses 23 through 32, basically, Jesus is talking about uh, the resurrection. He's talking about them. And he basically says, uh, verse 31, And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not God of the dead, but of the living. And so Jesus used those same scriptures that was quoted multiple times throughout uh, the Old Testament about being the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, particularly most well-known when uh, this was being said to Moses in the burning uh, bush. But basically, Jesus used those to say there is life after death. Now, what does that have to do with us and our lesson? It's, it's basically to remember that all these blessings come down um, from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so we, we get bothered uh, by the story of Jacob and Esau uh, but all this is, is following God's plan. Uh, sometimes uh, we don't know the details of God's plans. Uh, sometimes we question those. Sometimes it, you know, we scratch our head on those. But we do see that God keeps his promises. And he kept those all the way uh, through the, uh, the Bible, all the way down to Jesus. And why does that matter to us? Well, we've also been promised that Jesus has said, I'm going to go. Prepare a place for you. When I come, I'll receive you to myself. So there, we have a promise. Uh, and so we need to remember those things. And that's why we're gathered here uh, today. All right. Genesis 29. We'll pick up the pace because uh, the, there's, some, um, there's some neat stories here. Uh, it's Valentine's Day coming up. Uh, if you want to know how to impress your lady... Um, I don't know if I would recommend studying Genesis 29, but we'll talk about how this young man tried to impress his lady. Um, and uh, by the way, I did get an email last week that uh, Waffle House is now taking reservations. And so, men, if you, if you want to uh, keep that in mind for Valentine's Day coming up. But let's <laughs> look. There's this big stone in 29 verse 2. And he looked and saw well in the field. And this is, um, Jacob has come all the way back to his mother's uh, family. And he sees a well in the field and behold, three flocks of sheep laying beside it. For out of the well, the flocks were watered. The stone on the well's mouth was large. And when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place over the mouth of the well. So there's this large stone 
over the mouth of the well. And it normally took several shepherds to move the stone. But remember, Isaac's wanting to impress somebody. So we see verse 4. Jacob said to them, my brothers, where do you come from? He said, we're from Haran. Verse 5, he said to them, do you know Laban the son of Nahor? They said, we know him. He said, is it well with him? They said, it is well. And see, Rachel, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with the sheep. So Laban's daughter, Rachel, is coming. So this is his first connection with his uh, uncle's uh, family. He said, Behold, it is still a high day. It's not time for the livestock to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go pasture them. Basically, Isaac's trying to get them out of there so he can talk with, with Rachel. Um, he said, Behold, uh, pardon me, verse 8. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well. Then we will water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. Notice verse 10, love at first sight. Uh, now as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and warred the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. So he just bows up trying to impress Rachel and he just moves that stone by himself to show out what kind of man he is. But then he kind of, I don't know. Verse 11, then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. So let's rehash the pickup line here. He, he bows up and rolls this big stone away trying to impress, but then he kisses her and starts crying. So I don't, I don't know if that's what you need to do, um, but apparently it works. Um, so verse 12, and Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman, that she was Rebekah's son, and she ran and told her father. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him into his house. And Jacob told Laban all these things. So this is how they, they meet. Uh, he's impressed with her. He's struck him by her. He's going to find a wife. This is the first one he sees. Uh, he's impressed by her. He uh, tries to make an impact on her. She runs, goes, tells her dad, and then... Uh, the rest, as they say, um, is history. But I will tell you something else, Valentine's Day material. Look at verse 18. Uh, Jacob loved Rachel, and he said, I will serve you seven years for your daughter Rachel. Man, he, he uh, would like to marry Rachel. He has nothing to really... Um, pay uh, for her uh, to give the dad as a dowry uh, for her. So he offers to work seven years for her. But look, notice verse 20. So Jacob serves seven years for Rachel. But notice what it says. And they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. Oh, 
Isn't that uh, good Valentine's Day material uh, there? He served those seven years, but they were to him as just a few days because of the love uh, that he he had uh, for her. But Laban, remember um, Jacob here is a little bit of the trickster. Remember he he swapped the birthright for his brother uh, for the bowl suit, red stew, um, and then he his mama helped him put the goat goat hair on, um, on him, goat skin on him, uh, for him to trick his dad. Well, notice he gets it back to him. Laban tricks him. Um, probably, um, I, I won't say more serious, but he tricks him pretty bad. Um, so they're about to um, be together. He's worked those seven years. Um, verse 22, so Laban gathered together all the people of the place, made a feast. Verse 23, but in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. Verse 25, and in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, what is this that you have done to me? Did I not serve with you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Um, so he worked seven years to get uh, Rachel. Uh, Laban says, verse 26, it's not done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Uh, complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other also in return for ser- serving me another seven years. Um, so then we find, verse 28, that Laban gave Rachel uh, to be his wife. Um, verse 30, so Jacob went to Rachel also. He, he loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban for another seven years. So basically worked 14 uh, there uh, for uh, Rachel. And here we see where uh, Laban tricks um, uh, Jacob, um, Jacob there. So verse 29, um, well, 29, 30, we see that he loved Rachel more than Leah. But notice verse 31, when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And so it's hard to summarize the next few verses, so we'll just read it. And Leah conceived, bore a son. She called his name Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has looked up upon my affliction, for now my husband will love me. She conceived again, bore a son, and said, because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he has given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. Again, she conceived and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will be attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, This time I will praise the Lord. And therefore, she called his name Judah. Then she ceased bearing. When Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children. She envied her sister and said to Jacob, Give me children or I shall die. Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel and said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld you from the fruit of the womb? 
Then she said, here's my servant Bil, uh, Bilhah. Go into her that she may give birth on my behalf. Sound familiar? That even I may have children through her. So she gave him her servant Bilhah as a wife, and Jacob went into her. And Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob's son. And Rachel said, God has judged me, and also has heard my voice and given me a son. Therefore, she called his name Dan. Rachel's servant Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob's second son. Then Rachel said, With mighty wrestlings I have wrestled my sister and prevailed. So she called his name Napfly. When Leah saw that she had ceased bearing children, she took her servant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Then Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Leah said, Good fortune has come, and she called his name Gad. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. And Leah said, Happy am I, for, for women, have, uh, women have called me happy. So she called his name Asher. Um, and then let's skip down to uh, verse 17. Then God listened to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God's given me my wages because I gave my servant to my husband. She called his name Issachar. And Leah conceived again, bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has endowed me with a, great, uh, with a good endowment. Now my husband will honor me because I have borne him a Six sons, so she called his name Zebulun. Afterwards, she bore a daughter and called his name Dinah. God called her name Dinah. Notice verse 22. Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, saying, May the Lord add to me another son. So here we have um, most of uh, the children of Isaac um, being born, um, most of them through uh, Leah. Um, remember J uh, Isaac loved Rachel, uh, I mean, pardon me, Jacob loved uh, Rachel the most, and uh, finally she bore him a son called Joseph. Um, I know we've covered a lot in that short time and, and wanted to read that. Uh, any questions or comments that on the part that we've covered so far? All right. So, notice verse 25. As soon as Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my home and country. So basically now he has all these kids, but once Rachel had a child, he was ready to go back to his home and country. Um, and he says in verse 26 to Laban, give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you that I may go. For you know the service I have given you. And so he, he's asking to go, but he realizes he needs um, uh, some wages as well. He served them and, and everything. Um, verse 29, well, verse 28, 
Laban says, name your wages and I will give it. Jacob said to him, you yourself know how I have served you and how your livestock has fared with me. Basically, God had blessed Laban because of, uh, of Jacob and Jacob overseeing his flocks. Verse 30, for you had little before I came and it has increased abundantly and the Lord has blessed you wherever I have turned. But now when shall I reply, uh, provide for my own household also? So he realizes he needs to provide for all these kids he has uh, and to be able to, uh, to go back. So he asked, what shall I give you? And basically bargains with Laban to say, um, verse 32, basically if anything spotted or striped, speckled, um, give those to me. In other words, you keep the best, let me take those and they'll be my wages, uh, the end of verse 32. Laban says, verse 34, good, let it be as you said. However, notice verse 35, Laban's a trickster again. But that day Laban removed the male goats that were striped and spotted, and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, every one that had white on it, and every lamb that was uh, black, and put them in charge of his sons. Um, so and then he sent set a distance a three days journey between himself and Jacob and Jacob pastured the rest of Laban's flock so Laban said yeah you can take all my speckled and spotted but then he takes all them and sends them with his other sons send them about three days out and there's not much left well he might not realize who he's dealing with um, Jacob it's pretty sly himself. And so he takes, um, verse 37, fresh sticks of poplar and almond and plane trees. I don't know what plane trees are, but um, somebody does anybody else have a different version for that? Chestnut. Chestnut? Okay. That makes sense. And peeled white streaks in them, exposing the white of the sticks. He set the sticks that had been peeled in front of the flocks and the troughs. There's the watering places where the flocks came in to drink. And since they bred when they came in to drink, the flocks bred in front, front of the sticks. And so the flocks brought forth striped, speckled, and spotted. Now God's hand obviously was part of this. I, I don't know if that really works. Some of you that breed cows and everything might know better than me if that really uh, works, but certainly God's hand blessed this, and so what happened, the end result was um, these flocks just really multiplied that were speckled and uh, spotted and, and um, verse 43, thus the man increased greatly and had large flocks, female servants and male servants and camels and donkeys. so he was really uh, blessed uh, from this. In chapter 31, Verses 1 and 2, Laban's sons, Laban and his sons weren't too happy about it. Now Jacob heard that the sons of Laban were saying, Jacob has taken all that was our father's, and from what was our father's, he has gained all his wealth. And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him with favor as before. So getting a little jealous here, and... Uh, Jacob feels, okay, it's time to go. 
So, again, Jacob pulls a little trickery, I guess, if, if you say. Um, knows verse 5. And he said to him, uh, well, verse 4, Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah into the field where his flock was. So he calls his two wives to come to him. And he says to them, verse 5, I see that your father does not regard me with favor as he did before. Notice this statement might be worth highlighting. But the God of my father has been with me. So Jacob realizes that God has been with him and blessed him. Even though Laban does not regard him um, as before. Notice verse 6. You know that I have served your father with all my strength. Yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not permit him to harm me. So basically, um, he tells us wise, we need to we need to go. In verse sixteen, uh, we see the reaction of the of the wives. Um, verse sixteen: All the wealth that God has taken away from our father belongs to us and to our children. Now then. Whatever God has said to you, do. Um, there's a few verses in the Bible where that uh, um, jumps out. Remember uh, Jesus' first miracle? He said, now whatever he tells you to do, do. This is one of those type of verses. might be worth noting. Um, but here's the reaction from his wives. Um, basically, he's told his wives, God has blessed me. And so their reaction is, whatever God has said to you, do. In other words, we're with you. Whatever you need to do, let's, let's do. Whatever God tells you to do, let's do. Now, part of the story that uh, just I scratched my head on there, um, we see um, verse 19, Laban had gone to shear his sheep. And Rachel stole her father's household gods. So there were these idols. Um, and Rachel takes them from her father. Well, verse 21, they end up fleeing. So they all flee. They cross through Euphrates and um, keep going. Verse 22 when it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob had fled, so basically they have a three-day head start on him. So he takes, verse 23, his kinsmen with him and pursued him for seven days and followed close after him into the hill country of Gilead. Verse 24, but God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream by night and said to him, be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. So God appears to Laban. Don't say anything to him, good or bad. So he catches up with him, verse 25. He overtakes him. And in verse 30, he, he is, gets upset about these household gods. Verse 30, now you have gone away because you long greatly for your father's house, but why did you steal my, my gods? Jacob answered, um, said, because I was afraid, I thought you would take your daughters from me by force. He start, Laban starts looking for them, 
Rachel sits on the gods, verse 34. Verse 36, Jacob became angry and said to Laban, What is my offense, what is my sin that you have hotly uh, pursued me? He says in verse 41, um, let's see, I'm, I wrote down the wrong, yes, verse 41, there I was by day the heat consumed me, the cold by night, the sheep have fled from my eyes, these 20 years I have been in your house, verse 41, I served you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flock, for, and you had changed my wages 10 times. And so he kind of goes back uh, to Laban, fusses back at him a little bit. And then in, the end result is, verse 44, they decide to make a covenant. And they, they come to agreement. And then in verse 55, early in the morning, Laban arose, kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then Laban um, departed and returned home. That verse 55 is kind of a, uh, I'm, I'm glad it's in there. Um, even though this day and time is was what was explained, a lot of times um, we're given the impression uh, that uh, many times women and children might be considered more property, I guess you could say, by that that age and time uh, frame. Um, but here we see where Laban really did love his, his daughters and his grandkids. And um, he rose and kissed them, blessed them, and then he departed and returned home. So that brings us uh, to chapter 32, probably a good place uh, for us to stop. Um, uh, there, I, I wasn't sure how far uh, we would get. Um, we've, we're on a good pace here, uh, going through the uh, book of Genesis. Sometimes we we may look at, well, why are we going uh, through kind of quick or, or whatever? You know, it, when you look at over the course of a year how much time is spent in Bible classes and in sermons, uh, how deep do we dive in? I think there has to be a healthy balance between, you know, do we spend a long, long, long time in in one book of the Bible, um, or do we do we keep big, uh, getting bits and pieces? I think one thing this study of Genesis has done is allowed us to see uh, the promise made uh, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob of, G of Jesus, and we're seeing that. The beginning of that story uh, from creation uh, to even now. From this point on to the end of the book of Genesis, we basically have from, from this part on is the story of Isaac and his sons. Um, I mean, pardon me, Jacob and his sons uh, and the, the 12 tribes of, of Israel and kind of how they're formed and, and the stories of, of the brothers now is pretty much what picks up from um, this chapter 32 all the way to 50. So we're on a uh, good pace, on the right uh, pace to get through pretty much uh, the uh, book of Genesis. And I hope, uh, again, that you've gotten some encouragement of uh, bits and pieces here of, of knowing that God was with his people. He knows who 
We are. He's made these promises uh, to God. I mean, and get made his promises to his people. We see the beginning of uh, these promises uh, being made uh, forecasting about Jesus, even from the garden where he said, I'll um, bruise um, his head um, and um, he, he'll bruise the heel. Just for, again, forecasting about Jesus um, right there from the beginning. So hopefully we get encouragement from going this week. Hopefully you know that God is, is with you and that there's promises been made uh, to you. There's promises and blessings if we'll live for him and do uh, what, what he asks us to do. Thank you and, uh, for your uh, attention this morning.